Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DoYouConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew. We are here. This is uh, number 49, I think. Mm-hmm. These getting way too high for me to count. So if this isn't 49, <laughs> then maybe it's 50. I think it's 49. We'll, no, we'll it's not we'll 50 because we got a special guest for episode 50. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. right. That's right. I forgot the big bio. That's a big number 50 times say an hour each it's a lot of time wow some might say too much time too much time too much time (laughs) on your hands and becca's here this week and we have some awesome stuff to talk about breaking news insert like the news breaking news soundbite (laughs) drum rolls and everything yeah we'll get that that's going to be kind of news slash all of the show (laughs) is this breaking news so actually i'm gonna well let's do story time first as always we don't want to break tradition just because we got some hot and i'll uh, i'll get started and so I just, this is an interesting story to me because I'd never done the math on this before. We had a builder that we work with who has one particular community that they're struggling with. It's really more of a product issue, uh, marketing and sales. Everyone's in kind of agreement, but at the end of the day, they still want marketing to solve it. Product's a little overpriced and they've already spent more on this one neighborhood than all the rest of the division combined. Okay. And things still are not moving quite the way they wanted to. Ooh. So one of the things that happened was someone on the team started doing a Google search and noticed that the ad for Google wasn't showing up as often as they might like it to. So they reached out. And so I I crunched some numbers and this is totally not 100% accurate, but it's a good guesstimate for this one builder in one market. And it's one of the, let's just say, top 15 competitive markets in the country, uh, maybe top 10 even. But if they wanted to show up every time that someone in their own geographic area typed in any of the keywords in their current Google ad account and show up in first place, and remember the way that do you convert does paid search the word new 98% of the time has to be in there so this is for new construction only to show up at the top of that search it would require them to spend $88,000 in the month of February which Ooh. is a shorter month it's a, it's a few dollars it's a few dollars that's sure a few is. dollars okay so you know I had another conversation later with someone else and you know if you do the math on that let's say there's 20 larger builders in that market Google makes a lot of money off paid search it's kind of a yeah cool story bro but they do they make a ton of <laughs> money off paid search. And here's the difference that I, the reason I find this so interesting is when times were tough in the previous cycle, builders tried to spend more money at first on print and everything else that they were doing back in 2007, 2008, 2009, and it didn't work. So they stopped doing it and they either cut back on their budgets or they pivoted like we did at Heartland over to digital because it was working. Mm -hmm. What's different about this time, and I've said this before, but I, I just want to reiterate it. What's different this time is when things get tough, builders are going to do the same thing. And we're seeing that they're spending more on digital. But here's the kicker. Digital will always still work as long as it's set up the right way, targeting the right people. And there's anyone in the marketplace that's going to be your best way to reach them and get the action that you want to occur. And so instead of being this pattern of try it, it doesn't work, stop or adjust. What happens is try it, it works, but it gets more expensive. And the big builders say, "Hmm, well, guess we got to pay more. And they just push the money down that way. Whereas the smaller builder, you're in a much trickier spot now. Yeah. uh, as, as this cycle comes. And thankfully, we're not in a full on, you know, decline anywhere really in the country that that would that would be really interesting if it happened right now, because so many things are changing. And I, and I think small players could still make it work. But just the craziness of the amount of budget or spend that you would have to do in order to get a similar reach or exposure compared to just a couple of years ago, that that just seeing that number made it all much, much more real to me. So I wanted to share that story. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I'd say for that market, yeah. that's like triple the cost from like a couple 
years ago, right? That's yes. like just, I'm just thinking about like yep. cost per click, and I'm sure there's more available search volume now. Those words than say three years. You would ago. think, but also as we've talked about before, search is getting split, not just in Google, but it is going straight to maps or straight to YouTube or straight True. to social, where you're asking people for their advice or looking people up there. So it's uh, it's just what what works works. It's just going to become more expensive as more people realize it works, or in these auction-based platforms like uh, Google and Facebook, you're just going to have to pay more for it unless you can find a better way to do it. See, I guess it all does right. tie back yeah. into our, <laughs> our big news item. I was going to say, that's the only way yeah. to fix it. Only way to awesome story. Becca, what do you got? Well, this week I was working with a builder partner to set up some social ads and a landing page to increase traffic to one of their problem communities. Mm-hmm. And they looped in the OSC to let them know what was going on so they could adjust any processes and Ooh, follow good. up on their yeah. end. Uh-huh. And then as a result, they ended up with about 70 leads this week. Say that again. I, you you oh. broke up seven or 70, 70 leads seven. this week. Yeah. Good. You didn't really break up. I just I wanted to hear it again. because <laughs> I love it. 70. You said it so like, oh, there were 70, no big deal. There's none before, there's none yeah. before. now there's 70. Just none yeah. to 70. So, I mean, that's a lot of a lot of work for those OSCs. And you got to make sure that they know what's coming down the pipeline. Amen. Yeah. And most of the time that unfortunately doesn't happen. And yeah, an extra 70 leads in a week without having <laughs> yeah. a good process that's efficient for you set up to respond to that or just even mentally know it's knowing it's coming yeah. and preparing for it. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's a lot. 10 a day. That's a lot of new people. 10 a day. Kind of similar. Yeah to how we look at email marketing, where with our builder partners, we help a lot of them develop the email templates that'll go out, but we never, ever, ever hit the button to hit send because the OSC is going to have to, should be ready to be able to respond to this little mini wave of people that is likely to go to the site, whether that means man the chat, be paired for a couple extra phone calls. Um, you know, they, they just, you want to send that email out when they're prepared to respond. Right. Make sure they've eaten, make sure they got their coffee, send the email, phones will blow up. Yeah. You <laughs> want to, you want to make phone hangry. <laughs> You want to make an OSC not too happy, send out a mass mail to your entire database on their drive home from work on Friday, you know, (laughs) afternoon. Yeah, that's good. Not Not a great way to start the weekend. Not good. No. Andrew, how about you? Yeah. Story time this week? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a quick little update on the house. We are, um, we had our pre-drywall walkthrough with our builder. So awesome. It was really, we haven't gone upstairs. It's a two-story home. We haven't gone upstairs yet. So actually going upstairs, like this is awesome. Like this feels like a house. Here's our bedroom. We could, you know, picture everything to go already. Here's the loft. Here's all these rooms. Super exciting. Um, we also had a third party inspection the following day. Um, my wife mainly, she's like, hey, I want to do this. She's heard stories and just talking to people. Oh, yeah. oh, you should really do this, which is interesting. Builders are scary. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. Like make her happy. Yeah, sounds good. How much is it? Oh, it's going to be like, it's not much money at all. Like, yeah, nothing. Not not a big deal. Like, okay, find someone. And so she found someone through our realtor who sold her home. And this inspector has worked with our builder before. So he was already set up with insurance and all the documentation so that he could go into the job site and be you know legitimate so he got there took him very short time and he only found one thing wrong so that's good and it was such a minimal thing i mean i said aloud it's super important but visually you're like that's like very small there's a hurricane strap which you know connects the truss to mm-hmm. the framing little piece of metal like 10 inches long by two inches wide and when they put a frame up for one of the walls the nail on the other side you know pushed out the strap on the on the truss on top if that makes any sense so like this yeah. tiny little thing um that he, he was like that's it they're doing awesome and he you know complimented the builder he talked to the superintendent on site so they got along and it was good. Yeah, so it's real positive. We're excited. Drywall starts on Monday, so it's going to turn into something real. I hear that's Well, there's something part. magical about working for Do You Convert is apparently your construction uh, process goes incredibly smoothly so far. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like 
two two for two here. I think we are two for two. Yeah, we started out a little yeah. little bumpy, but you know who knows. And then yeah, it's been it's been good so far. I wanted to circle back too yeah, on your guys's experience in the pre drywall meeting. Was it pretty much just a checklist of this is where it should be, or was there some education involved? What, t- talk to me a little just a little bit more about that experience okay, yeah, yeah, with yeah. the builder. So he he went through and he did a good job of not selling. He went through all the efficiency. I guess there's a lot more to this story. So I'm glad you pulled it out of me. All the things there that KB's doing to make the home efficient, um, especially down here in Florida, we could spend a lot of money on our cooling daring really mm-hmm. all year round, except for January and February. So he, he showed those things while going through the house going, okay, here's the outlets here. Here's the one you added. Here's all the you know extra lights they added in the kitchen. That's thanks to you, Mr. Kevin. You're like, hey, you need to add as many. As you can never as you have can. too many lights in the kitchen. So I think, There's no such thing. Yeah. I think we added like, oh my, I think it was close to 10 total across the whole house. Oh, um, I'm more expensive than your third party inspector. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's what I'm blaming you. And Lindsay the whole time during like, do we really need that? I'm like, yes, there's only two. Like we need four. Like, doesn't that make sense? Or if there's only one, like we need like another one, like four feet that way. Mm-hmm. Um, And they have, they pick it in the center and everything was great. So we went for that and then we went through all the, yeah, I guess that was every day. Okay. So contracts like taped to the, the windows, the, the mm-hmm. selection contracts. So they're going check, check, check. We review that with them. Um, yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it'd be interesting still to see quick, how though. much, yeah. how much more education they do for you during the final walkthrough. Yeah. Because usually slash sometimes that's what builders use to draw your attention away from please don't put blue tape there or just ignore it, you know like let me show you where your shutoff valves are and all those other things but i imagine that'll come later uh, sure. becca how about you did they do much education during your walkthrough no it was basically a checklist of all the options that we selected making sure they were all in the house along with all the electrical options and um just making sure everything was where it needed to be which of course it was so it was pretty easy they must know you work for d converts what it is <laughs> <laughs> one last question for both of you then what's one thing that they could have done to make your experience at the pre-drywall meeting better slash something you'd want to talk about to others but this is a tough well one. i would say we noticed we forgot two things one of them is escaping me right now but the other is floor outlets in our gigantic living room so as of right now we don't really have any place to plug any floor lamps in mm-hmm. and i think it would have been nicer earlier on if when we were going through the contract uh, process if they had said hey there's no floor outlets in the in the living room Mm -hmm. do you want to add one because when we got to the uh, pre-drywall my husband was like there's no outlets do we want to put one in and I was like well we're on a crawl space and uh, the builder hopped in he's like well if you do it now it's a change fee plus this plus that so you're better off to just add it afterwards (laughs) because it'll slow down construction so I think if they had moved that earlier we probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have had that one hiccup got it gotcha. yep that's definitely something on the checklist of salesperson is never going to know to remind you or design studio wherever you made that selection yeah. unless they get that feedback so that's the one good thing about it is since we're in the business we understand that it wasn't an intentional mistake but it is good feedback to give uh, salespeople or design studio folks when those things happen not to blame them but just to say oh yeah you know next time you might want to remind people because like my other tip that i always tell everyone is put a switched outlet wherever you want your christmas tree to go because Ooh. then you don't have to have a button to push or reach under the tree to unplug every night. You know, you just get idea. turn the switch. You know? That's a really good idea. But I would never have known that if someone who wasn't in the business for 15 years didn't tell me that, right? Yeah. There's, there's no checklist to say, <laughs> make sure make sure that's in your home. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if we have any specific things for the, the builder, um, but I'd say in general, just things that can reduce any possible negative stories after, because, you know, we're talking, I think I we had a re-drywall. I talked like re-bull, re-bull. Lindsay, mm-hmm. oh, gosh she who 
knows 20 30 i don't know she knows everybody <laughs> and like and so we met our neighbors leaving they're like are you neighbors we're like yeah how are you da, 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 da. and she somehow knew like half the people we met but there's like five of us out there and they just had complaints about this mm. or that and none of them were mm. like a issue i was and i afterwards Lindsay, i'm like none of, there was not like a concrete complaint about anything it was just like oh that over there they get this we don't get that, that it was just negative talk but they were certainly things that i think the builder could have communicated differently with those buyers and it just so happened that those buyers all bought um, inventory completed quick move-in homes and mm. we're building so our experience mm. is different than theirs and they, they kind of yeah. had this feeling like that we're treated better and we knew more which we kind of do i mean we've had well yeah you six put or it seven time. meetings you, right yeah right <laughs> but they're like all their things like they just weren't aware so they're you know there's some frustration already with them and sure you know, i'm like what is this and so if we were already negative not happy i'd imagine that that would even add more to it just the stories that we tell people like oh how's the house going well you know it's good but we talked to the neighbors they got this going on so we're a little nervous but you know, i think that's like some not that you control other people's conversations but if there's things that that builder do or an builder do to, to prevent those issues from popping up then i think that's that's definitely worthwhile mm-hmm. i always we tried to come up with different ideas of something for the construction supervisor project manager to give the homeowners again not, not nothing big necessarily but it, it back in the day it might be a small like 30 picture leather photo album uh with a couple pictures already of the construction process so far put in there and like a debossed logo of the builder or um, even something as silly as you know here's uh, movie tickets or gift cards to the coffee shop around the street because i know you're gonna want you're gonna be driving by a lot and you know get to know you're the area you're moving into just something small but i think just going back to caldini's law of reciprocity it it never hurts to say thank you and it never hurts to give a small token of appreciation especially because you don't usually get that from the construction side you might have gotten that on the sales end or we'll get it later when you close but you don't usually get something from construction very good yeah that's a good idea yeah that is a good idea or just something not specific to what you're doing but just something that they could add to that experience to make it better yeah it'd be interesting if there was something creative with material from the site Uh, not not saying like make a name of like the last name like hey this came from a scrap piece of two by four but something well there are there are builders i think it's par d in california someone encourages the homeowners to write their names or put a stamp or something like on some of the two by fours they're going to get covered up by the drywall so it's just kind of like a hidden secret now that you know is there no one else will yeah it's pretty cool makes it personal you know and then take yeah. a picture or document that somehow anyway nice. that was a that was a long that's fine it's 18 diet. minutes no big deal <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go into the news we only have two news stories and the first one's not really even a real story but a tease of what's to come our good friend tim rethlake from heat and glow hearth and home technologies sent over a report that he got done by man we'll just keep it secret from now we'll tell you all about it next week but it does a much more thorough job of looking at the top 50 home builders by several different metrics on social media and they looked at facebook twitter instagram pinterest and youtube report on the top 50 results for total engagement engagement proposed Post, reaction, conversation, and sharing slash amplification. If we go back to the Builder Magazine article that started all this hoo-ha-ha, top 25 most liked builders on Facebook. Number one was Lennar. L- number two was Taylor Morrison. Number three was Clayton Properties. And when we skip down here in their case too, in covering all channels, overall engagement per post, The Villages came out number one, followed by Bloomfield Homes, <laughs> True Homes USA. I don't mean to laugh about The Villages. <laughs> <laughs> right? They've got 
got the time to engage got, away. And they, half amazing. those engagements were probably, please stop sending me ads or whatever. That's right? funny. But nowhere to be found in the top 15 are those top three companies as identified by the previous article. Now we'll have more analysis of this, but it's just interesting to see. Let's look at uh, most shared in terms of amplification content on social media. Habitat is number one. Which Habitat makes for sense, Humanity. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, it does. There's more story there, whether you're in the new home market or not. Mm -hmm. We'll uh we'll we'll break that down in more detail. We'll have we'll have it set up because it's a massive document and uh, and we'll also send a link to it so you guys can check out details. But just wanted to tease that before we get into basically the only thing we're gonna be talking about for the next who knows how long, which is <laughs> ad doctor. Uh Facebook <laughs> changes their rules for real estate ads. They actually changed it for a lot of ads. Anything where you could where you should not discriminate, they are laying the law down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what the, what does that even mean? So for builders, we will not be able to change the age that we target. So it has to stay default 18 to 65 plus. We cannot select male or female. We have to say everybody, all. And then we also will no longer be able to target by zip code. And that also means what people got trouble with that one, they could exclude zip codes, which isn't too common. So we have to have at least a 15 mile radius now, which is kind of big compared to what most people are, are probably running 15 miles, I would, yeah. I would think. Um, so yeah, ooh, sounds sounds a little frightening, right? There were lots of questions immediately when, when we pulled this up back on my birthday, March 19th. Birthday. And it was like, okay, well, it's being very specific about some of these things that it's taking away. Mm -hmm. And of course, no, I, we should probably just start by saying, obviously, discrimination of any kind is not cool, not the right thing to do, and, and nothing that we would ever have encouraged people to do in the past. However, the kind of the thing going through my mind, because this conversation has come up several times over the, over the last few years, is, well, are we allowed to select different things like income or gender or age? And here's just the way that I have thought about it, and I still struggle with this, is while I applaud making the changes to to be to not let the bad people do bad things as easily. Mm -hmm. Totally get that mm -hmm. part. But every yeah. media, by its very nature, is targeting somebody, right? And I go yep. back to radio just because it's the easiest. If I advertise on he heavy, hard rock, probably not as popular with certain racial and ethnic groups in the city, right? Whereas country music, right? There's also, there's a certain demographic, a certain profile, a certain audience that that station is designed to reach. Even geographically, right? If I do the yeah. public radio station here that has a much weaker signal, I know that I'm going to be targeting pretty much the downtown workers and, and city dwellers more so than the suburbs because the signal is just not that good the further out you go. All that's floating through my head and I'm like, well, Andrew, what we, what we had to figure out very quickly is the things in the press release about no longer being able to target by age and this one, that one in particular, out of the gate, you're like, well, what does what does the 55 plus community do? And if you know that it's a, mm -hmm. like it's not age targeted, it's age restricted. Only people over the age of 55 are allowed to buy and live here. Mm -hmm. Whoops. Well, you're going to have you are now forced to show that ad to 18 year olds. They have grandparents, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and they love them and want them to so, so there, there's that and then the target by gender it's like okay well you know that's ma makes sense but at the same time we all know that women drive like 98% of home buying decisions or influence it heavily and so mm -hmm. is that discriminatory or just a best practice right so that one you know hey maybe women now get served a few less ads from real estate companies because they're forced to show it to men and women but honestly the, the impact there isn't huge it's just it was 
slightly better. So when in doubt, we chose women. But the tar the zip code one was the one that really got me concerned. And that's when I was like, okay, is are, are they saying zip codes as an example? Or are they very specifically saying zip codes? And so thankfully, we already had a pre-scheduled call with our contact at Facebook who gave gave Andrew some additional insight. And that one, the way she gave it to me was people. So this applies to jobs, so employment, credit, anything to do with finance, credit, not banking, like free check account, but apply for a loan. So those types of options and then housing. And so she implied to me that credit offers were very, were the, they were the those were the rule breakers. Mm. So whether it was for credit repair, which that mm. would fall underneath credit um, or mortgages or shorter term loans, things like that, where those people were the ones being naughty. So that was the bad. real focus. And then it was yeah, exclusions. If we're going to change this stuff. Right. And we just yeah. got looped into okay. it. Right. And it's, she did say it to us. It's like, well, that's all of her ads, but it's ad specific. So it's not necessarily, it's not account specific or business specific, these mm -hmm. rules, which is super confusing to understand. But if you say house, even though an event is not necessarily, it's, it's gray. You get really gray. We were trying to talk through it. Like we're a bank. If they're having a grand opening at a bank and they had like pizza and all this stuff and, and food, whatever, like they could technically run a two mile radius ad where it's like coming out. But if they were to say certain words in their ad, it would then get flagged as mm -hmm. credit, okay. credit. Offer. Did she? So it gets a little weird. So I'm just okay. like, okay, we're just all housing. So let's just be safe and not try to push the rules. Did she give you any insight on terms of how they're going to go about with enforcement? Is it like a three strikes rule or a, they're going to warn you and then just don't do it again? Or like how tough did you get a sense of how tough they're going to be? Yeah, she she did imply that their intent is not to, for those that are behaving and like pretty much everyone I'm sure listening um, here, like it's it's not a ad account disapproval or deactivated. Um, but the ones that are very obvious on that, they throw out yeah. will pick up those people. Like maybe we've had 10 disapprovals before and not disapprove like, oh, the link was bad or something like that. But like they were clearly mm -hmm. doing something they shouldn't. Um, and their whole behavior is tracked on Facebook. And obviously they're, they're looking at us differently than a personal account. So with us, it's, she said it's lenient. They're not looking to like kick people off of Facebook and not take their, their money. So it'd be more like the warning that you get when you have too much text yes. in your ad yep. up to maybe not letting the ad run, but you're not going to get, like you said, your account's not going to get shut off mm -hmm. as long as you're within the big, like you're clearly not intentionally doing something brutal. Right, right. Kind of like when we had, what was that last year after, um, after Mark was, after Mark Zuckerberg, I talk about him like he's one of my <laughs> friends or something. Yeah, Mark, no big deal. I visit his house in Hawaii um, where they took away the targeting <laughs> options and which has, yeah, took away the right. target options. And then first they just had like a warning and it still ran, but eventually the next step was like, oh, that had, you know, the, the income or something like that mm -hmm. and there, or they're a homeowner. Then the ad just didn't run and it was paused and you're like, what's going on here? This is really weird. And then you look at it and mm -hmm. it says for those, those things. But I got that. It's going to go that way. Like it's just going to be kind of soft, like get it fixed yeah. unless you're misbehaving. So we're going to go into solution mode here in a minute, but I, I want to simmer a little bit more on the geographical stuff because I just want to have a philosophical discussion. And we put this in the article. R real estate is generally considered to be a local thing, right? Mm -hmm. it, it all varies by locality. And to me, 15 miles seems excessive. I agree. You guys agree? Disagree? Yeah, that's... I would agree, especially in an urban environment. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Like imagine mm -hmm. New York, New York yeah. City, like one mile. 15 yeah. miles is great. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's where I just picture this kind of back and forth negotiation of like, how did this all go down? Because obviously they were being asked to probably take away a lot more than they did. Mm -hmm. But you could imagine someone be like, well, just make them target the entire Tampa DMA. Oh, yeah, that's and that's not really not that different than saying 15 mile radius. But mm -hmm. the 15 mile radius gives you just that little bit of extra flexibility to say, well, we're more east and central Tampa than you know, north or yeah. whatever. And I'm sure people listening are like there's divisions by road or bridges or things like that or the school 
school districts. You're like, those people don't oh, live gosh. over here. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's three minutes that way. But like, no, like it's not how it works. Well, just similar to how you describe your life down there in Florida and yeah. Pittsburgh, you know, it's the city of three rivers and a 15 mile radius is going to encompass like four different places that people will not drive to unless you put a gun to their head or they have mm-hmm. to for work. Like, I'm not going over there. That's, that's another planet. I'm like, like literally people live their entire lives and never have gone to the other part that's of hilarious. the city. That's yeah, that's here. If you get on the bridge to go to Tampa and that say it was a mistake, you missed the exit. You're like, oh, I'm on the bridge. It, uh, you're, it's at least half an hour like to make that correction and get over the bridge and back over this way back to the uh, the land side. If there's yeah. no traffic. If there's no traffic, no accident, all this stuff. But I say devil's advocate on this is maybe the geography targeting um, because it has to depend on the technology of like where can we track that person that they're actually located. Maybe it is good to have it opened up, force that open a little bit. Like we're, we think we're getting yeah. all the people in a say a three mile radius, but really we're missing out because the people maybe they're over this way, their phone connect to this Wi-Fi or that tower, and they're physically located in the circle. But their phone and what it tells Facebook is actually you know five minutes that way or five miles that way. So maybe there's some. Yeah positive maybe i'm i'm being i don't think so i think i mean like 5g let's let's get i love us so much fun just go everywhere we want to go that's right you know 5 5g which is going to be amazing requires a tower to be located every 250 yards i think or feet from each other so literally i was talking to this guy that i know who's pretty high up with verizon and he's like yeah so we are developing street lights for neighborhoods that have our beacon like built into the top of it because we're literally going to have to go multiple points in every neighborhood. Dense urban areas, no problem. You'll get 5G pretty quickly because there's lots of big buildings and places to, to, to put it. But in a residential scenario, that's how many towers are required. So I don't even know why I really went into that. Just to say, even a one mile radius, like one to three miles, there's a lot of towers in a one to three mile radius for cell gotcha. service. That's generally, you know. So I think you're covered. But I also would sarcastically say to you, then you must be Mr. Moneybags because if, if 10 mile radius or 15, like <laughs> in the old way yeah. of doing things, you would be forced then to be spending a lot more money or just randomly targeting mm-hmm. who knows who and spending significantly more. The so way, yeah. I, it is good to hear that, you know, if you were doing an event, like an open, that's what well, I guess when we talked house, it out loud. I'm like, to... how do we say house without saying house? Like, cause that's where the ad, the ad triggers the flag that, Hey, this is about housing. Like I remember like a couple months ago, right, counting... you had some warning that like, this is about public um, security, national security or something. I think it's because you said housing yes, like, it was, like, a... the word was right. more economical. Right. Um, and so the, mm-hmm. the text triggers what it is. So they could categorize it. Mm-hmm. Are, are they counting home? I would think, yeah, home, home, houses, townhome. Town, yeah, okay. like I'm sure they. I'm sure it's like Google. They have the you know, different type of match types for a keyword. Then they have the what is related. Um, yeah, which is yeah something we don't normally talk about much. But there's got to be like I, I need to test it. If you say certain words in your ad, will it perform better with the same type of copy? Does that make any sense? So if I'm saying homes for sale and makes total sense. Like very, yep. mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a really smart word for this. I just don't know what it is. Like making sure that Facebook system really knows about what this ad is about. Just like if we're thinking. SEO or Google, will it perform better compared to if I use minimal text and just say home for sale Tampa? But if I say homes for sale in Tampa next to this, close to that, and really give it more context, if they'll find the right people, I'm going to try that and see if I could actually prove hmm. anything. All right, well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into conversion campaigns, which are the solution to these changes, but also just the best thing to be doing anyway. And we know a lot of you aren't. So if you're a home builder or could we know a lot of you are listening, hello, ad agencies and, and folks doing this for other people. <laughs> if you're <laughs> are like, crap, we're worried about what we're going to do. Join us right after the break and we're going to break it all down. We'll be right back.
Okay, we're back. Everyone's got a refill on their coffee and tea and whatever else. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down exactly what conversion campaigns are. They're not specific to Facebook and Instagram, but they are the solution for the problem of, holy cow, they just took away more targeting options for me. And now am I going to have to spend more money, get lower quality traffic? What's going to happen? They are the answer, but we kind of just want to break down uh, specifically what they are, how they work, what's required, and answer some common questions or confusing points that are likely to get you stuck. So let's hop in. And we kind of trying to break these down into three main categories, which is what's in it for me? Like why bother doing this? What's required? How do you make them happen? Uh, how do you how do you get conversion campaigns set up? And then very specifics. How do I do different pieces of that? And you know, like I said, answer common questions. So let's start in with what's in it for me. Why it sounds like work, Andrew. Why bother doing this? We're gonna have to change stuff. I know. What's what's <laughs> in it? Off. So get techie. From, let's get techie. What we've seen across, I don't know. I was trying to think of how many 300, 400 plus conversion campaigns. Yeah, there's a lot over. Yeah, for a while now, all pretty much always higher quality traffic for the same or less money, which mm -hmm. is super cool. More conversions. Yep. So more leads. Um, I think I, yeah, at IBS, I talked about one example where a day, like the next week, it was like two and a half times more leads from the same spend. And all that changed was the conversion, switching to conversion campaigns. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, branding to the right audience, regardless of the clicks, which that one is fun. Yeah, and so it, it, it's just targeting people so well using this method that yeah. even the ones who don't click are the right ones to be exposed to it. So right. even though we just talked, was it last week about branding kind of in, mm -hmm. in depth and our feelings on on it. In this case, it's it's the free prize inside. It's the cherry on top of, wow, I'm still sending the creative that I want to the right people. Yeah. Okay. And then of course, what started this conversation was staying compliant with current and probably upcoming um, rules, which I'm sure there will be. There's always something up. So Facebook yep. friendly. Facebook wants us to use this. Yeah. So twice the amount of leads and or, you know, twice the amount of traffic, but still getting it for uh, the same total spend. That sounds like it's probably worth a few hours, maybe even of your time to make <laughs> these adjustments worth and get a, things set up yeah. worth a month of time Definitely. you <laughs> may or may not be able to do all this on your own it depends on how much access you have to your own site and your back end you might have to work with partners but generally speaking a couple hours should should get you there if you're mm -hmm. generally already familiar with how business manager and every works so yeah. um becca give us a quick overview of kind of what what's required and then we'll, we'll dive into them a little bit more sure what do we need to get this stuff set up so first we need the pixel to be installed on your website Website. Got it. And that's so, Facebook specific, right? Yeah. It's not, so not everything's going to necessarily use a pixel. Yeah. So you have to grab your pixel from Facebook and send it over to your web developer if you don't have access to drop a code in the header yourself. Yep. And that's going to go on? It's going to go in your website in the header. So that's every page. Yeah. So it's it's just like the uh, analytics tag. It is. It's ideal. Yeah. And it can either go above or below the analytics tag. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. And if you're using Tag Manager, which was a part of our question of the week last week, then this is one of those scenarios that we talked about. Of if you have access to your Tag Manager account, you may be able to drop in this code without having to say, excuse me, web developer, can you please add this uh, for me? So that's And it should take cool. like a minute. If you had good Google Tag Manager access, it would take you, you know, 30 seconds. Yep. So you're maybe developer a couple minutes. So don't mm -hmm. let them give you a hard time about this. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds scary. It sounds hard. It, like Andrew's like 15 seconds of someone's time who knows what they're yeah. doing to drop that in. Yep. All right. And then what, what else we need? Then you have to define 
find the conversion goal within Facebook. So they don't just automatically pick them. You have to tell Facebook what you want to track. Define your custom conversion and then the minimum number of conversions in order to allow the AI to optimize leads. That's I like, that was that like, I feel like it changes depending yeah. on It does I change. I mean, we've heard different numbers, but generally like 200-ish conversions has to occur in a month's time. Yes, in a month. Yeah, ideal. So, so that's, there's that ideal word. So it's like, well, what right. if it's less? What if it's more? And yeah, more is better. It gives more data right. for the AI to analyze. But when we think about leads and when you talk about defining a conversion goal, Becca, the first thing everyone's going to think of is, oh, I want a lead. Uh, and that's great. Yeah. If you have 200 form completions in a month, form completions, right? Everyone, well, not everyone. A lot of people are going to have 200 leads a month uh, from larger builders, but they're going to come from the phone, from text message, from chat, from uh, Zillow, Trulia, from New Home Source, all, like all the different places are coming in. You need 200 form completions going to your online sales team in order for it to really have good data. Because we, we've, well, let's let yeah, let's go right into it. Andrew, we have folks that we've been able to say that conversion goal is a lead, a form fill on the builder's website from yes. social media traffic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's worked out, I would say, splendidly. Uh, I mean, you're getting crazy low. We're not even going to say the, the amount, but crazy low cost per form completion on the builder's site, which is dramatically different than saying really cheap Facebook lead ad forms where they're submitting the information from Facebook. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Those leads are spending like, I think uh, last week I looked at it about four minutes on the site be- on average before they turn Before the they convert. Right. So not so, 10 seconds on Facebook. Totally and, different level of quality. It's not automatically yeah. being filled in. Right. It's so, but that one works great. And then you did another test, small dollar amount with another builder who mm-hmm. just to kind of see like, okay, do we really need 200? And it didn't turn out so well. No, it, it was terrible. <laughs> I'm, like, what is, I'm like, this is garbage. What is happening here? Um, but part of that is because we so we use conversion campaigns all the time for everything for coming soon communities a landing page because the conversion rate is so high and mm-hmm. leads start coming in quickly it works well even though there's not that many leads um, because there's uh, so I think there's, there's nowhere else there's nothing else for you to do correct right. there's this, go there like you convert my theory it's not like Facebook tells us this stuff if Facebook <laughs> starts to get leads quickly the first day say four which coming soon community that's not that's not too many but there's four they could very quickly keep the moment going but if they get mm-hmm. four over a I don't know right. say 72 hour period Facebook has mm-hmm. been guessing for 72 hours trying to they're not guessing but they got 100 people on the first yeah. day no one turned into a lead there's like, no feedback okay, that didn't work there's yeah. no feedback yeah. so I think there's this momentum thing that has to happen for the AI to understand the right people Um. so yeah I was I was disappointed a little bit yep. like, oh man I'm not the ad doctor anymore am I I've changed my name but the first <laughs> thing I'm like this thing is ridiculous like this is like insane how yeah. well it was was working uh-huh. yeah it was pretty cool so for those of you who don't have 200 form completions in a month when we go back up a step to defining your conversion goal that can't slash shouldn't be a lead on a form completion. It needs to be something else. Something less specific targeting than, you know, we've used in the past. It's just, you have to think back to yourself and say, what activities define what I think is a good unit of traffic, even if they don't fill out a form? What are the, or, or another way, maybe the things that lead up to filling yeah. out exactly. We can, it's not a secret. You can talk about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like if somebody's searching on the page for a home or looking at an inventory home or a plan or things like that. Yeah, could be specific pages, could be the amount of pages, could be the amount of time. There's lots of different things, depending on the platform that, that you can choose as a as a different conversion. Those of you familiar with analytic conversions, it's a similar idea. You can create anything you want to, to be an analytic conversion or a goal. And in, in, in that world, we say, mm, page views, not a conversion. We want actual leads coming from the site via form completion, phone call, text message, chat, etc. But when you're talking about training the artificial intelligence of these different platforms, 
platforms, it is good to start training it on what are these behaviors that signal this person may, if not now, at some point soon, be likely to convert. And then the last step that's required is just a whole lot of trust but verify, right? We can't just set it and forget it. Not the Ronco food dehydrator. <laughs> and it is smart, but oh it's smart based upon what we're telling it to do. So we may not be telling it to do something very smart because <laughs> we want to just test something or try something, but we also might just be wrong in general. And so you have to, especially early on, really watch it closely because it can do some things that are a little bit questionable. But once, you, once you're once you in the groove and it's working, it's probably going to keep working and keep getting better. For sure. So UTMs would be a good, like you're using Google UTMs, you mm. could then check in mm -hmm. analytics. Really could go before and after, even though ideally tests are done at the same time, not week one and then week two, but week one versus week one. But yeah, that'd be, you definitely have UTMs. And then you could go, look, that whole day you gave me to do these conversion campaigns, look at the result. You could then have the report showing how awesome you are because you switched yep. everything over. And specifically in the UTM, what you're talking about is the campaign identifier right. portion of that. So, so say yeah. Yeah, source is Facebook, medium is paid social or whatever that you guys use. And then campaign could be like submarket conversion campaign or just conversion campaign. Yep. And that way you can you can track it all super quickly. So let's get into a little bit more of the nitty gritty and, or the places that people are going to get stuck. So first, they're going to say, wait, how do I find my Facebook pixel or the tracking code or whatever is I need to add? And the answer is different for different places. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you're going to find that in the business manager underneath the hamburger menu and then pixels, which is under assets, I believe. In um, LinkedIn, it's as part of the campaign manager. Twitter, same. Twitter and Pinterest, both. It's in the same overall platform of where your ads are being run. And there's going to be some type of analytic code, which hopefully you already have a lot of that stuff on there. Why? Because that's how you do remarketing on all those platforms. It has to be able to know who's been on the site in order to do remarketing. And then in Google for uh, Google Ads, paid search, because this is also a thing for paid search now. Um, you, do you need just analytic code, Andrew, or you need a specific thing for Google Ads? So this one, I've, we've never really talked about this, but so the perfect scenario is using the A, the ad, the Google Ads tag, um, yeah. which is not common at all. Like that's really kind of mm -hmm. old school, but you get quicker feedback. So Google can then optimize better. But the analytics tag does, it works, I'm sure just as well. It works. Um, so you're pretty much set up already. You better have analytics running. I'm sure everyone does. This and thing. you better have access. <laughs> and you better have access. Um, but yeah, so there are, yeah, you're, you're referencing like the conversion campaigns within Google, which are. Yeah, they're, they're coming to everywhere. Now, they're yeah. not all going to work the same. No, and they're all not, not going to be as smart or as good, depending on how much the platform knows about its users, depending upon privacy settings and rules and just how good they are at creating an AI tool. But I mean, I when I logged into LinkedIn the other day, I was like, yep, we're announcing conversion campaigns. They're here. Yay. Exciting. Get excited. It's OK. You're trying to jump on that bandwagon as fast as possible, because once you do it, it, it is addictive. It's like, this is really this is really good. Why can't I do this everywhere else? And it's so, so much quicker to get. We haven't got to yeah. like the actual steps doing, but once you're set up, it's like, like, okay, we're done. Easy. Um, yep. Sort of. So it, it is more. Efficient. That's installing the code. Don't let that be the thing that trips you up of any of this stuff, because that's it's half of it's on somebody else. But you have to either just tell them to put it on there or find the code and send it to them. Let's talk about defining a conversion goal. And we'll stay just specifically on Facebook, Instagram on this one, just because of the complexity. We go on for a lot longer than we have time today. For sure. Where do we go to set up the conversion goals if they're, you know, especially when they're not going to be a form completion. So if you're in your ads manager account, click the hamburger menu and then go to custom conversions. All right. So a long time ago, the ad doctor shared with us that Facebook's pixel was going to start creating some conversion or events, not conversions, but events on its own. It was going to just notice like, oh, that looks like a form completion or, oh, that looks like mm -hmm. they're doing something good. They're adding to the cart. You could, that's why I say for lead 
forms, you sometimes can get away with just using that automatic event and plugging that in in your custom conversion. But if you want to do something different, like number of pages visited or a specific page, you're definitely going to go to that custom conversions option underneath events manager within the business manager. <laughs> There's so many manager, manager, manager. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yep. So they call that a standard event when it's not one that is custom. So if it's user defined by us, it's a custom event. Mm -hmm. And if it's one that they pick up because they could read submit or contact us and they realize that it's form because they're smart track everything, then they'll just put that under its own category and make it part of that, you know, Facebook line conversion. Hopefully that makes sense. When you mess around in there a bunch like yeah. you, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. You'll, gotcha. you'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll figure it out. If not, email Andrew at doconvert.com yeah. and he'll spend all of his free time getting back to you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I will, um, I'll work for Monsters. Send me a 24 pack of Monster Ultras. Yeah, oh, right. man. All right. Let's talk about setting up the creative. Is that, is that process different going in and actually building out the campaign? So we've got the pixel installed. We've defined what we want the, the success marker or custom conversion to be. The last step is just make the ad. Let's quickly go through the campaign ad set and creative and talk about anything that needs to be adjusted differently for this type of campaign. I think we just knock out the actual ad itself because that doesn't change the ad. Yep. If you think campaign, ad set, and ad, those three levels, the ad can be exactly how it was before. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You could even use, if you, I think we have some of these still running, if you've used like an engagement-based ad and there's like a thousand likes on there and there's mm -hmm. a link in there, you need to make sure there's a link in case you went crazy and ran an ad without a link being really weird. <laughs> um, you could use that ad in the conversion campaign, and yeah. of, like, which would be yeah, pretty fancy setup. Um, really but fancy. then it, it looks it looks really cool. But yes, the ad set will be that's where the magic is. So we'll yeah. we'll spend some time on the ad set right now. Yeah, well, we'll we'll just keep working backwards. So the, the ad creative exactly can can be exactly the same. The ad set we have to make a couple adjustments, which really just comes down to you have to select that custom conversion as your goal, and it's going to be near the top of your ad set uh, window when you do that. There will be what is what do we want to have happen here? That box you will click in, and it'll show you the custom conversions you've already defined and some basic stuff. Um, if you don't have anything combined, but you have to select the custom conversions you already created, put it in there. And that window though will only show up if what do you what do you have to do in the campaign level, Becca? You have to select conversions as your campaign objective. Exactly. So there you go. Soup to nuts. That's it. Uh, yeah. Now you have something to do this weekend <laughs> or whenever you're listening to the <laughs> the podcast. That you're done. There's there's really no reason not to be doing this. It's not overly complex, especially when you've got the podcast to reference and we're going to work on some some blog articles and other things as well in the coming period of time or a period of time yet to, to be decided because it's spring is busy, but we're going to get some stuff out there for you. Is there any drawbacks that I'm missing, guys, to conversion campaigns? I think people might be wondering, like, you kind of left something out and I felt that way, but you really didn't. So you selected the conversion mm -hmm. and then with Facebook's new rules, you can't change age. You cannot change gender. Oh, yeah, that's good. We no, we did miss. We did miss something. Well, I mean, you did. We did what didn't because really like there's nothing <laughs> else to other than the geography. You don't change anything else. Like you leave yes. targeting yeah. wide open. So we, yeah, I guess we did, but we didn't like you, you just leave it there because we're, yep, you're going to target 18 to 65. You're going to target men oh. and women and you're going to add at least a 15 mile radius or larger. And if you saw my talk at the Builder Show, you'll see that larger sometimes a lot of times is significantly better yes. because the AI is that yeah. smart to learn as long as enough traffic is coming through. I would say that's the only thing is if you're running a conversion campaign and you're trying to spend, say, 50 bucks a month on something that I don't know. I don't think we've done oh, that. I, don't, um, I think. But I, I know a lot of you no. boosters out there, you like to you like to boost stuff. Um, <laughs> this may not work for you. I'm just no, thinking out loud. No. I don't I don't I don't think it will. And if anyone has a I have to respect all budgets, but if, if you're spending more at Chick-fil-A or Starbucks than a Facebook campaign for community, 
I will have, I will talk to you and bind you. (laughs) I've seen the pictures of people at a top 25 home building company whose social budget for the entire month was like 250, 300 bucks. It's still, still out there. They're not. So again, yeah, no additional targeting, no likely to move, no Zillow, no, 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 nothing else. That's always the only thing you would still probably do. And even this, I'm a little less like you must do this than I used to be. You still probably want to take out everything but the the news feeds for both Facebook and Instagram. Oh, right? We yeah, still want to focus on the, on the best yeah. quality location. However, mm-hmm. it's not as bad as it used to be if you leave it all in there. The AI knows who it needs to show to. Yeah, uh, if you and, and where and we we've, we test everything, of course, and we've tested. Well, what if Facebook's entirely in charge and they'll send? You know, so there's like Marketplace where I'm like, eh, I don't really like Marketplace ads because they're looking at like I don't know a picnic <laughs> a picnic bench table and then they're like, oh look, here's this half million dollar house or million dollar house doesn't seem right, but they don't yeah. even like put it in there. They're like one impression. At, so the, the you're AI. saying the AI knows what's garbage. They know what's garbage. Yeah. They know no one cares about the right hand no or marketplace. Or, yeah. File that under T for trash. <laughs> but imagine if you're selling like like tools or DIY, like a different maybe e-commerce product. Right. They might put you in right. marketplace all day long and it works really well. Exactly. Um, but they know the context of the ad because they're reading what's in the ad yep. and combining that with the actions of people. Yeah, super, super cool. This is, it still blows my mind. All right. Com- crazy. You have homework. There's officially homework from an episode of Market Brew Marketing. Go make sure your conversion campaigns are set up and running as quickly as possible. You will thank us. All right. And that's um, that's it for this episode. We're not going to do a question of the week or take another break because we just got, well, we, meaning I, just got the last episode out finally because the parasite dragged me down. Uh, so these are going to come awesome. back to back pretty close. Make sure if you haven't heard the previous episode because you're just listening to the one at the top of the stack, make sure you go back and listen to our interview with Paul Cardis. A lot of good insights there about how to not get banned from Google My Business <laughs> that you need to know, among right. other things. So for published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. And it's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and anywhere else that we are on social media. Keep the questions coming. We've gotten quite a few and maybe we'll have another Q&A episode. But coming up next time, we've got the one and only Jeff Shore joining us on wow. episode number 50. It will wow. be, you'll feel like unicorns are singing yes. directly into your ears. Oh, that's what I have high expectations now. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good week. See y'all. We'll see ya. See ya. See ya.